This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. Hey girl, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> How's it going? It's good. It's going good. All right. Okay. Are you, you okay there? What you, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just noticing the gallons of dog hair all over oh, me nice. right now. That's fun. <laughs> gallons not really, so it's, it's not that much, but it's shedding season in my house, apparently. It's always shedding season in my house. But it's all it's good because I got a Swiffer. <laughs> that that was Same. not a sponsor. Hey, Swiffer, why don't you sponsor us? That'd be cool. <laughs> you want to? I, I will sell your product. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So, um, yeah. We got <laughs> patron. <laughs> Sorry, that was a long pause. We got, we got patron shout out. So, our, uh, our special patron shout out for our special yeah. Patreon night. Pa- patron. Patreon. Patron. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> so, a huge shout out. A shout out to Katie Kratt because you're awesome and we love you and we heart you. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, we love We're going to no, get better at shouting it. out. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Let me try that again. <laughs> Katie me, Kratt. We love you. Katie Kratt's awesome. Um, She's my bestie and we heart her. Um, That was not better. Also, (laughs) also, if you guys haven't listened um, because you're not a part of our Patreon, you should totally join. But our first exclusive episode was released a week ago and it was was pretty fun. It was a pretty fun one to do. So if you want to check that out and check out our Patreon. It was, it was different from what you guys have been listening to. So if that intrigues you enough, totally do it. Oh my God. <laughs> are you, are you intrigued? That's awkward. I'd it's be, your turn this week. I'd be like, oh, I've got to listen to it now. <laughs> Me too. Cause why wouldn't I? It's your turn. <laughs> it is. It is my turn. Um, and this week it's going to be a little bit different too. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna do my my normal gory, disgusting cases. Thank you. I'm actually going to do an unsolved case. Ooh, like, okay, that's cool. I like those. I was gonna say like I did last time, but I didn't. I did John List. <laughs> he was solved. It just took 18 years. <laughs> he, was he, was he was definitely solved. It just took he was a minute. In the worst way. He's like, no, I'm not John. <laughs> that's not me (laughs) (laughs) me at all (laughs) no um this one is it's it's very it's kind of a creepy one in a way I like um but this one is the disappearance of Dorothy Jane Scott okay do you know this one maybe you have to talk you you have to talk about it some the name sounds kind of familiar but okay not off the top of my head so 
uh, we'll just kind of get started in it. Um, it's not a like a super long case because it was unsolved, obviously, but there is some interesting stuff. Um, so Dorothy was born on April 23rd, 1948 to Jacob and Vera Scott in Anaheim, 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 Anaheim. I was gonna say, I always pronounce the weird, I don't know. It's weird. Anyways, Anaheim, the Anaheim angels. Yeah. That's the baseball team. I know for some reason, uh, yes, but for some reason, I always want to say Anaheim. I don't know why. I don't know why because either, because there's not an A in it at all. No. It, <laughs> I mean, I at the end of it, it starts Anaheim. with an A, but like, yeah, there's not an Anaheim, Anaheim. California. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's Anywho, fine. <laughs> it was. It was bad. I do. I always want to say it. I know it's pronounced that because the Anaheim Angels, but I'm like Anaheim. Yes. I don't know why. no get past it so anyways (laughs) she she grew up in a loving home there were no issues she was super well behaved she was introverted um like she listened very well growing up and in 1966 she was 18 years old and while most women at this time in California were like fighting for equal rights and were super liberated she was not that type at all Okay. Just went to work, took care of everything, did, you know, did her. She, she wasn't. She did her. She, she took did her. She did her, she boo-boo. Did her. Okay. You do you, boo-boo. Um, but in 1976, she ended up giving birth to her son, Sean. Okay. Now, Sean's father wasn't really in the picture. He moved, like, to Missouri, which was around 2,000 miles away from her. Yeah, that's not and close. Yeah, so, so he he wasn't, you know, in the picture, it wasn't, which mm-hmm. wasn't, it didn't bother her, like, she was okay with it, she loved her kid, um, they lived about 20 minutes away from her parents, so she was super close with her family, and um, she was still kind of self-reliant, too, um, she didn't really depend on, on help, she was super independent, but because she was super close to her family, like, her parents actually watched her kid for her while she went to work kind of like kind of like our parents kind of like somebody (laughs) that we know in the room here whose parents live right by them and so they can watch their kid for them when they go to work (laughs) it's not me because they don't live near me (laughs) no it's me it's me my parents watch my my children (laughs) when I'm at work um just the youngest the other two are in school yeah um of course like around this time you know they were known for hippie lifestyles and so there was like a ton of little shops and stuff that sold like love beads and lava lamps and incense you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um well she worked at a secretary job at like two joint owned stores that sold these types of items um and it was called swingers psych shop and custom john's head shop um, okay. And she just like she worked in the back as a secretary for these companies or whatever. Okay. So her because her parents lived super close, you know, she left her son with them while she worked. But her father Jacob was actually the co-owner of Swingers, one of the shops that 
she was yeah. looking for. So even at work, she was she was a super dependable person. She was organized. She was described as a dependable, caring friend and a great mom. And that she was super committed to her Christian faith. Like she was a normal person. No issues. Didn't know of any issues. She didn't complain about any issues. Nothing. That's the most times anybody's ever said issues in one sentence. I'm just kidding. Issues, issues, issues. <laughs> so many more. Um, <laughs> anyways, on, <laughs> on May 28th, 1980, it was an ordinary day. Um, Dorothy dropped her son off at her parents' house, and she went to work as usual. And there was a staff meeting that evening at 9 o'clock, so she told her parents she was going to be late to pick up her son okay and he was only four he was only four years old at the time okay i think i know this case now keep so, going oh. <laughs> okay so during the staff meeting one of her co-workers um named conrad bostron he seemed off like mm. he was super pale was sweating he had red swelling on his arm and started complaining about it i definitely know this case now okay keep going okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, he started complaining about it, and um, she could tell that he needed to see a doctor. A like doctor. He needed <laughs> yeah. He needed to go. So Dorothy and another colleague, Pam Head, left the meeting, and they took him to the hospital. Mm -hmm. She was like, you need remember, medical tensions right now. Yes. And so remember, like, there's not cell phones during this time, you know. It's... Oh. 1980 like it if you're going somewhere you're going somewhere and nobody's gonna know where you're going <laughs> right so of course she's gonna have to stop at her parents house and let them know hey I can't pick up my son right now um the reason I'm not gonna get a hold of you for so many hours or however long it takes is because I've got to take this colleague of mine to right. the hospital he needs medical tensions so yes <laughs> medical attentions <laughs> so she <laughs> she ends up making the pit stop to tell her parents this but before she left she changed her scarf from a black one to a red one mm -hmm. and then drove to the Irving Medical Center Dorothy and Pam waited in the waiting room while Conrad was treated um, he actually they found out he had been bit by a black widow spider oh no which which means that he definitely needed medical attention. Yeah, he did. So they made the, they made the right decision. <laughs> Good call, y'all. Good call. So he was given a prescription, which he and Pam went to go fill at around 11 o'clock that evening. Is not unheard of back then. Um, I think there was a pharmacy in the medical center. That's right? what I was about to say. Typically in larger cities, um, not like smaller places or anything like where I live, but larger cities, they'll have pharmacies in the hospital right. that are open 24 seven for situations like this. So right. now both Conrad and Pam had waited for Dorothy at the entrance. And about 20 minutes later, her car, which was a white 1973 Toyota station wagon was coming towards them 
And mm -hmm. instead of stopping, they sped up super quickly past them that they couldn't they're, tell who was driving. They're like, oh, here she comes. Where's she going? No. Hey, come back. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, both of them, like, you know, being super confused and concerned, they waited at the hospital for several hours to see if she would return that's that's too long to wait like that's too long yeah Cle clearly something's well, wrong she didn't no <laughs> she didn't return so about after two hours they called her parents from the phone in the hospital asking if she had gone home to pick up sean okay well she hadn't she, had she hadn't gone no so they quickly call the police to report her missing but of course, you know, sadly, she's an adult, so they didn't seem super concerned about it. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't flag it as like a missing person or anything, which typically, I mean, it hadn't I been enough time. Exactly. I was going to say, I kind of understand that, but because, you know, a missing person, they usually don't do anything until, you know, 24 hours of right. missing missing so right which is so sad um, for a lot of these cases because it really is it really is because if protocol which granted i again i understand but if people jumped on it a lot quicker then there might be some that were found quicker right but, um so at 4 30 a.m on may 29th about five hours since they had last seen her car it was discovered but it was discovered in Santa Ana, which was about 10 miles away from the medical center. Okay. It had been driven into an alleyway, set on fire, and left. That's not a good sign. Well, now the police are concerned. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> They're a little bit concerned. They're like, it's fine. She's, she's not missing. She, you, you, she'll turn up and, it, oh, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. That's really messed up. Yeah. So a little backstory. Um, several months before Dorothy had disappeared, she had told her mom um, and it was noted that she was receiving like really weird phone calls from an unknown man. That's so no, that's no good. But it was, it, this is what was kind of odd. So she said that she seemed to have like recognized the voice like it was an acquaintance that she she maybe only met or talked to once or twice or something and only exchanged a couple words but she recognized the voice but she could not tell you who it was because she didn't know like what was and the phone would, did she say what the phone calls were about like well that's what i was gonna say so oh. he regularly called her and it was in a harassing kind of way so he mm. would change his demeanor each time. Like he would call her and tell her how much he loved her and wanted to be with her one day. That's creepy. And then, yeah. But then the next day he would call her and tell her how he wanted to kill her. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. He was, he was like so obsessed that he would even take it a step further and describe to her in details about herself that only someone who was following her would know like he would tell her her daily routine what she was wearing that day that's vomitous. everything i don't like that that's, it's super creepy i don't like that so can you imagine like you're getting these random phone calls of these ran this random person won't tell you who it is they're super short too like it's it's a quick phone call to tell you 
oh, I love you so much. I'm going to be with you one day and then click, hang up. Yeah. Another no. day it would be, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to, I'm going to take you and I'm going to kill you. I mean, click. I mean, I get random phone calls all the time, but usually they're trying to talk about my car warranty. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> Yeah, that's not the same uh, at all. <laughs> no, no. And to tell you like, oh, I like your red sweater that you're wearing today or whatever. Like I would be freaked the fuck out. Well, yeah. Like crazy freaked out. Mm-hmm. Well, Vera, her mother actually described one call in particular that terrified her daughter. Um, Like her daughter actually told her about it. And it's because the caller told her he wanted to chop her up into bits so no one could ever find her. Um, yeah, that yeah. would terrify somebody. The yeah. fuck? Yeah. So she actually complained to the police and let it be known, but without anything to justify it, like it made it difficult to tell who it was. Like she couldn't tell you who it was. Right. There wasn't caller ID. There wasn't like it wasn't a thing for her. She couldn't tell you. It's so frustrating. So she was like, she was so scared. She didn't feel safe at home or work. And just a week before she disappeared, she started karate lessons and even talked to her mom about buying a gun. Oh, that's terrible. Like, it's, it's awful. It's so awful. And she, she specifically said that she recognized his voice, but she couldn't place it. Right that's like that would drive me crazy like I would go crazy trying to think of whose voice it is if I recognized it like oh my god I I couldn't I would not be able to sleep at night no and I wouldn't stop like I'd just be like doing my daily stuff and listening to people talk is it you is it you (laughs) my ass would up and move (laughs) right I would have upped and moved I would have moved I know her parents were like her sitters. I would have found a daycare, would have up and moved. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad. Y'all got to move too. <laughs> mom, we packing up this car. We about to go on a road trip. No. Well, this is what's crazy too. So like after her car was found, the phone calls still continued. Really? Like they still continued. Yeah, they called her parents home instead. They started harassing like her mother so Vera answered it and and the first time this is what was said so I'm gonna tell you the phone call oh gosh this is gonna make me angry isn't it oh it's it's super it's quick so the first time he called he said are you related to Dorothy Scott oh my god and she said yes and he said I've can got you imagine her. that she's he, she, he said I've got her and hung up with the fuck I was gonna say before he finished that can you imagine like that's your daughter and she's missing and you get this random phone call from a person like what would be going through your head when somebody's like are oh you related God. to dorothy scott like oh they like somebody's found her or like oh, whatever yeah. you don't even no. know and then it, that i've got her and hung up yeah i've got her and hung up and of course her family is like freaking out yeah <laughs> you know so they're calling the police immediately and they the police told them do not talk to reporters until they do a massive search. Like, okay. don't do it. Which I know why. Because they don't want him to... Th- Honestly, things like this, you don't want it out, for one, because that's what they want. 
that's also Amazing. if you're getting close to figuring out who it is, it's going to spook them and they're going to. Yeah, exactly. Disappear. So. More. But here's the bad thing. So like a week later, it was about a week later, Jacob, her father started getting super impatient and he decided to call the Santa Ana register newspaper and they ran a story about Dorothy's disappearance. Mm. And the day they ran the story, Pat Riley, the editor of the newspaper, received a call. Oh, my God. And the, the call said, I killed her. Mm. I killed Dorothy Scott. She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. I killed her. I caught this her cheating with another Bitch, she didn't even know you. <laughs> right? Who so is you? <laughs> This is the crazy part, though. The caller also mentioned the red scarf Dorothy was wearing and how and how Conrad suffered a spider bite. And then he hung up That's quickly so after. That's so fucking creepy. Was, like, stop following creepy. somebody. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yes. He's like, I know that Conrad had a spider bite because I put the spider on him. Because I've been following them all. Like, I don't know. Like, stop, like where is... Because I put the spider on him. Like, because who is this person just I following mission... all these people? I'm Mission Impossible. <laughs> Creeped out of the ceiling. He's like, I put the spider on Conrad. I put the spider on Conrad so that we they would have to go to the hospital. And I knew at some point that she would, she would get separated from them. And that's when I would strike. It was all part of my master plan. No. <laughs> yeah. That's how he Sorry. laughs. That's his real laugh. Oh my gosh. It's terrible. Yeah, well, he ended up hanging up quickly after and the reporter called the police and told them everything that was said. Well, yeah. So now the police are like, okay, well, we gotta go and find we gotta get some clues somehow. Like this caller is is being ridiculous like let's go figure it out so they investigated dorothy's ex her you know her son's father mm-hmm. going to missouri and his and his alibi was airtight yeah <laughs> because like he, he didn't live there <laughs> in missouri got it <laughs> but the calls still continued like they just kept coming like so. every wednesday when vera was home alone more calls all saying the same thing would happen is Dorothy there? I've got no, her. No, she's not. What I've the fuck? Her. Is Tamara there? Yep. Is Dorothy there? I've got her. I've killed her. It's like that movie, The Strangers, where they keep calling this Tamara there. Yeah, right? No, that's not right. Right? So creepy. So creepy. Well, these calls continued for four years. Four years? Four fuck? years. Four fucking years. Okay. Four years of tormenting never... and like constantly reliving this moment of her disappearance, like just constantly. That's calling. so four years. Fucking terrible. And I'm sorry, this is like the 80s. Can they not like trace know, a call? I know, like I know they like need to be listening in. Well, in some situations, they need to be like listening in and well, have them on the is... phone for a certain amount of time, like in a movie scenario. But can you not like trace like phone oh, yeah. records? Of the numbers that you call, well, for, from relying on the numbers that call you. 
No. Well, they have to be on the phone for so long. I'm talking about like, like so with many your seconds. phone provider. Like when you get your monthly oh, phone bill. Oh, I don't know. Could you not like? It's the 1980s. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't it... know either. I know you could in the 90s. I don't know when that started. Also, he could have yeah, been I just calling from different random pay phones every time. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? On August 6th, 1984. So, you know, four years after her disappearance. Mm -hmm. A construction worker who was working alongside the road discovered in brush on Canyon Road in Santa Ana human bones. Okay. But only partial remains were located. A human skull, a pelvis, two thigh bones, and an arm. A turquoise ring and watch were also located. And the watch was stopped on May 29th, 1980 at 1230 a.m. Oh. Okay. Now, remember, she left at 11. Mm-hmm. Like, a little bit after 11. Yeah. So. And then, and remains of a dog were also placed on top of her remains. So placed on top no of reasoning. her Yes. So there's no reasoning for this, but this is kind of what I believe. I'm thinking that the reason the dog's bones were placed on there is because they were trying to mask off maybe any other animals or people or maybe throw off her scent or something. I don't know. Maybe. Like, there's no reason. Who, who knows? Who knows why there was a dog? But there was a dog buried on top yeah. of her. And then a week later, dental records confirmed... It was, in fact, Dorothy. And Vera actually recognized the watch and the ring. And the remains were brought to the funeral home where a memorial service was held on August 22nd. So, so they now they have, they have some peace, right? Her, her daughter was found. Mm -hmm. They got to have a memorial service. It was a heartbreaking, you know, moment, but... There's after a, the there's discovery. a little bit of peace yeah because you have you have her body and you can lay her rest but then there's also that unsolved part of it that you you need that kind of peace like you need to find who did this and make sure there's justice is right served. yeah well after the discovery of the body like after it was announced and appeared in the newspaper because you know news is going to jump to that well you guessed it Vera received another call. I was like, I didn't guess it. What did I guess? <laughs> well, I'll just tell you. If you okay. didn't guess it, you should have guessed it. I'm sorry. She received another call. This was... The call said... You said after the funeral and all that? After the funeral. Is it the same day of the funeral or no? It was the day that it was announced and appeared in the newspaper. Okay. Which I'm assuming it would have been the day that it was gonna happen because that's usually what happens they they release it in the newspaper memorial service is happening so the phone call actually happened on the day of like her memorial service yeah so yes and she received the phone call and it said is dorothy home oh my god and then they hung up well one day this this is crazy so one day the calls immediately stopped but they stopped because jacob you know, Dorothy's dad, dad mm -hmm. he got home and he answered the phone instead of Vera. Oh, gosh. And the caller, hung, the caller hung up immediately, didn't say anything. 
didn't say anything at all. He just that dad Nothing. just was like, hello, and he just hung up. Yep. And then never called again. Never called again. That's so fucking weird. Why? Like so there is a theory about this. There's there's a theory. So there was one man on the police radar. Mm-hmm. Um like he wasn't he was never a suspect, but his name got brought up. So his name was Mike Butler. Okay. He was a mechanic. He was a mechanic next door to the swinger shop. And he was described as an oddball person. Like, and he was supposedly obsessed with her. Okay. Well, he lived, he lived alone in like the Santiago mountains and was rumored to be super unstable involved in like cult like activities. Just a weird guy. All right. Well, after after Dorothy's ex was ruled out as a suspect, it was stated that police saw Mike's name pop up several times, so it was worth searching. But there was no solid evidence against Mike, and he was never actually considered as a suspect. But he worked close enough to Dorothy to track her routine and may have even dropped by at the swingers from time to time and talked to her or maybe passed her going into work. Which would have identified the theory, you know, that she had heard his voice but couldn't place it. Okay, yeah. And another um, theory okay. was that the calls were said to have stopped after Jacob answered because they believed that um, Mike, like, Jacob knew who Mike was and would have recognized his voice. Oh, possible and but so i don't understand why he never called he'd been calling for four years why didn't he just call again to see if it varied like what was the point of the phone calls in the first place i don't understand to terrorize her i know but like why I, i'm saying i don't understand why you just stop forever what's i mean i'm glad he stopped because that's terrible but like it oh, doesn't make yeah, sense no, i'm it doesn't it 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 does not you're right it doesn't make sense there's like literally no reasoning as to why he just suddenly decided i'm not gonna call anymore i mean maybe jacob spooked him enough and he was like oh i better not chance it maybe so anyways there's those are a couple of the theories um dorothy's son who's now grown you know yeah he also believed he believes it was mike too that's frustrating that they never even like had him as a person of interest you know they didn't have evidence right i mean there was no evidence you can't hold anybody i mean he could have been a person of interest all you want but they couldn't have put him as a suspect because there was no evidence right there was no there was nothing that tied him to them at all other than he was weird that was it yeah so i mean i get it you know who makes random phone calls to people for four years people that are weird no, i'm just kidding <laughs> people that are fucking weird no um right. in 1994 john passed away oh and then in 2002 vera did as well so they died without ever never knowing, knowing. that's so freaking sad yeah it is and uh her son basically said justice will only happen when he finds out the truth so he's trying like he's still trying but Mike Butler, the mm-hmm. weirdo guy, <laughs> the creepy, the creepy weirdo, the oddball, mm-hmm. he also died in 2014. 
but no evidence ever placed him as a su suspect other than you know he was an oddball so he just he died so there's nothing to tie him to anything either that's crazy so the case the case remains unsolved there was no kind of evidence on her body when they found it that could tie to anybody i know there's not because because you would have told me and they would have said something about it it's a very sad case but i mean there's not really a but it's sad it's just i was sad. like i was like but <laughs> it's, it's not, there's not even a but it's just sad it's just another unsolved case i did kind of want to mix it up but I kind of feel bad doing it now because you're all sad looking. <laughs> I'm just sad and I'm just so go to bed wondering who did this and why, why? I'm not going to lie. It really stumped me for a really long time. Um, while I was doing the notes and stuff, like I've known, I knew the case is unsolved and I knew the case pretty well. I, I didn't know like all of the phone call records that were found mm -hmm. or whatever too, but um. It was crazy because like doing this, all I could think of is, man, the fact that she could say that she knew and recognized the voice, you know, her family had to have known him too, because she's right. so close to her family, right? like That's so true. close to her family and was always with her family, you know, whether she was at work or not, her dad was a co-owner, so he'd come by too. So just thinking like all these people have passed by this person and if she would have just like passed by him maybe one more time and he would have said something, she would have recognized it. Yeah. Mm. And been able to point him out. And another thing that, that really bothers me is like her going to the hospital, this person followed her. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he knew she was going to be there because he put the spider on um, <laughs> Conrad. You're gonna what keep was his name? <laughs> yeah. Conrad. <laughs> I I don't know about that, but I just know that he definitely followed her. Yeah, he was definitely watching her because they were at like a work Christmas party or something first, right? A uh, staff meeting. Staff meeting. It's not Christmas time. It was like May. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's like, it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm tired. <laughs> we can do Christmas in May if we want to. Um, <laughs> no. No. I forgot where I was going. <laughs> no, it was a staff meeting, but just the fact that they like followed her. her. Yeah, that yeah. means whoever it was yeah. was watching her while she was like late at work because the staff meeting and then followed her home where she changed scarves and followed her to the hospital and then just like snatched her up when she got off on her own for a minute. But he also knew that Conrad had a spider bite, which means like, he had he to doctor? have been in hospital. <laughs> Oh, do you think he was like impersonating a doctor, like in those TV shows when somebody walks into no. a hospital and there's like scrubs <laughs> and a doctor's lab coat just you're laying there? You're and too far. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's late. This is what happens when we do this so late. <laughs> you're, you're reaching too far, but I do think that he was inside the hospital. Yeah, to to know that he had a spider bite. That's he had so to creepy. have been. He had to have been within like ear shot to know that's so creepy that he had a spider bite yeah that's oh my gosh give me the heebity-jeebities anywho Any so that is the Hoosier. case that's it 
That is the case of the disappearance of Dorothy Scott. You're welcome. That's terrible. Thanks for that. Thanks. I hate it. Now you're going to go to bed just pondering on, on whether you can I am because somebody needs to and I think I think it's in my hands, you know. Like, <laughs> no? Okay. No. <laughs> all right. Well, y'all can follow all our stuff if you want to. All that's on our website, serialholicsisters.com. You can get to our Instagram um, and our Facebook some, through there. Yeah. Stay tuned for some merch. If you follow our Instagram, you, you've seen that there is some merch coming soon. So, yeah. So, that's exciting. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's so, yeah, follow our be stuff. awkward. Let's be awkward. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye.